The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lee Marcus, founder and broker at Lee Marcus at Properties. Lee, thank you so much for being here. Hey, great to see you, Tony. No, what a man, what a guy. I, I've already had such a great time and we haven't even started this podcast. Uh, a lot of fun and just a very humble individual, you know, despite all your success. So I'm excited to, to jump in this conversation. Oh, thanks. Now, originally from New York City, huh? Yeah, Long Island, New York. Wow. Yeah. So tell me about the journey to get to this point of being a Chicago real estate mogul. So obviously real estate is local, right? So right, right. when uh, when I was looking to move and, and you know, plant down roots, just the, the Midwest and the real um, the people here are just absolutely fantastic, and so that was part of the part of the reasoning behind it. So awesome! So when you're growing up in New York, was that something that uh, attracted you, or did you think about, it or was it not even you know how, how did what was the inspiration to actually be in Chicago? So Indiana University, I'm a Hoosier. Oh no uh, way! IU Bloomington, and they were they came out to New York, did a slideshow, you know, to recruit people from New York yep. to go to Bloomington, and it's like wow, just limestone and beautiful campus and. Sign me up. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah. obviously Chicago being, you know, kind of like the, the Midwest city, yes. right? Everyone kind of gravitates towards here. What, what drew you to real estate from the very beginning? So my wife, Lindsay, actually was a realtor first. Okay. And so yeah, we were, uh, so she had been a commercial real estate broker and then she switched over to residential real estate. And I had been in technology sales for a while. And Interesting. Yeah. Had always thought about, you know, residential real estate and eventually you know, came over to the, the good side. Now, what was the time like when you jumped into it and, you know, kind of the industry, but also just, you know, starting a new business? Yeah. That would be different from going from technology sales to real estate. So I, de- I got in in, two th- I got my license in 2005, which was an amazing real estate time. Prices were going up, everyone was buying, they were giving out loans left and right. And finally went full time in 2007, which everyone remembers what happened in yeah. 2008, what that was like. But I did. I, I made a pros and cons list, right? And I still have it to this day of, okay, if I were to make this move, what are the pros? What are the cons? And it was just, you know, kind of relying on the skills, relying on what I, the belief in yourself that, okay, you can do it. That's amazing. Now, the first time I ever saw your name or your picture was actually like at a grocery store. I think like Mariano's or yeah, something, yeah. one of the, you know, the, the yeah. dividers on the, on the cart. What has been for you like the greatest, if you can attribute something to your success? Because you really have made a name for yourself here in Chicago. And yes. and, and and I see the hustle. We talked yeah. about that, right? I see your videos, 4.30 in the morning, going to the office yeah. kind of thing. Tell me, what, what do you attribute to that success? So the best thing about real estate, I think, is there's no easy path. There is no overnight success. There is, whatever you see, any of the success you see in real estate, it's one of those industries where nobody, nobody was really given what they have, right? You have to earn it. You have to work hard. No matter what you see online, what image anyone presents, it is about relationships, how many people you talk to, and doing the hard work to really hone your skills. So that was that was part of it too, is like really, you know, working from the beginning. And what were the obstacles that you, you know, encountered that either made you question the industry or just, you know, where, where you had to rise above it, right? What right. were some of those things that everyone can relate to, but that somehow 
you found a way because I love your mindset on things and you know that's really where I hope to shed some light for others whether it be real estate or anything else right that you kind of face some of those same struggles when sure. you're starting something new so I think one of the main principles that holds holds true is that inside of every negative is always a positive right and so Napoleon Hill think and grow rich that and it's just if you look at that on a daily basis and live that there really is no there is no true negative because you, you, you can really find the positive in everything. And so you, you look at 2007, 2008, when real estate markets are crashing, financial markets are crashing. Well, the amazing part is that all of the established realtors, all the people established in the business didn't know what to do, right? They'd never been through this before. And so they just froze. And I was so new, so young that I I just knew that, you know, and, and got some really good coaching that the best way through this is to just work hard and if that wouldn't have happened, if 2007 and the crash wouldn't have happened, they wouldn't have made room for people like us to, that, to hustle like that. So it, cre- it just cleared the deck and created such a good opportunity. So that's really part of that mindset is inside of every obstacle is the positive. The obstacle is the way, right, from Brian Holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love that. It's a, it's a great book, too. And, and it makes so much sense. And even as you hear about, like, Napoleon Hill during those times of the Depression, it was the same thing, right? That people still found a way to be very successful yeah. during the most difficult times. Yes. Now, for you, when that growth did happen, tell me about kind of the, the well, the expansion into now the Lee Marcus team, right? Yeah. How did that begin to grow? And again, just managing now that you're not only a broker, but now you're this leader of, of a team. Sure. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have read the E-Myth Revisited, and you have the the idea of like the technician and my my wife Lindsay was so I was I was the salesperson and she was really she transitioned over to being behind the scenes and running the business and there's no way we could have done it you know any differently because if you have for anyone out there who's thinking who's doing it themselves you even even Warren Buffett had Charlie Munger no matter any any successful enterprise really has the the visionary and the integrator separately, right? So two different skill sets, um, and they don't overlap that much. Do you feel like that a lot of times people run into that problem of just trying to do it all themselves, that it becomes overwhelming? Absolutely, yeah. And that's, I would say that's the default, overwhelm. In most, I mean, if there's there's any entrepreneurs out there that are starting their own business, if, if you're not overwhelmed, some you know I don't know what's going on because that is the default. You must it, you really have to be intentional about how you set things up and what you're doing to avoid that on some level. That is the default is is overwhelm. How do you manage that kind of expectation or or those challenges with your team as more of a mentor than just uh, you know a broker and, and transacting? Because you are very much about that mindset. How how do you relay that to your team? So as you, yeah, as you start to scale and grow, you realize that the team itself, the, the um, processes and the systems you have in place can take a lot of that off of the broker. So they don't have to continually focus on paperwork and how to do deals and how, or how, you know, how to process things. All they have to focus on as much as possible is just how to sell or just how to help the client, how to provide value and let the team and the systems do the work of processing things. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I feel like just is a consequence of starting out in an industry, right, or a new job, or an entrepreneur, is that you take those jobs that sometimes you don't necessarily want to, but you're hungry, right? Yeah. And, and, and they're just part of that, that building process. At what point did you really see that, you know, you became more selective about your, even your clients, right, to yeah. where um, 
it no longer became like you're chasing, but now you're really attracting the right type of clients, which I feel like is something that yeah. you, you've accomplished. Yeah, no, I think um, you start to, you, you get what you focus on, right? And so you start to focus, and, and, and you start to focus on who is your ideal client? What is your own value? What do you bring to the table? And the more you put into what you deliver, the more you put into the service you deliver, the product you have, the more selective you can be. And, and it, but now the opposite is true too, that if you don't spend any time improving your service, you can't be as picky because you don't have the actual uh, product to deliver, right? So the better your product is, the more selective you can be. That's it. And you can't fake it. There is no, yeah, I'm not really working on my product too much, but I'm just going to be selective. I mean, that's, that's really hard. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about when you first started and, and you look at yourself now, like how different are you as a person as a result of the journey? Oh man, the core is still the same, right? Like we are. Yeah. Um, but I would say the what's changed is m- going to more of an abundance mindset, and not like abundance, woohoo, right? Like out there, uh, but really getting in touch and connecting with how much opportunity there really is out there, and and that when you come from a fact of like the more you do, the more you put out there, the more good, the the just the way the world works, the more it comes back to you. Yep. So I'd say that's one way that's that's changed a lot. Um, the other is that knowing, you know, really trying to keep in mind as much as possible that it's all going to work out. So I think it's hard to know that early on. But if you if you really take a look at your skill set, which and if if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? So if you and you know what that is, if you're if you're in a field you're not supposed to be in or it's not really fulfilling, you got to think about what what ladder you're climbing. Are you at the bottom of the right ladder? And so I think that goes a long way. If you're in the right field, if you're doing the right thing, you know it, your heart knows it, your soul knows it, and you're going to be successful. What for you about the industry do you hope um, you can have a positive impact on that changes the perception of some of those, I guess, ways that people view realtors today? Yeah. So so the number one thing, right, again, the quickest way to change your life is to raise your standards. And so I think by r- the impact I want to have is at least, uh, this is the statistic I heard, for, is that 50% of realtors sell zero homes. So how is that possible, right? So Wait, Literally? Yeah. So every, Holy smokes. So, and then 88% of realtors do not last past 18 months. So that's the default. What industry would anybody ever get into if they knew that you had an 88% chance of, of, of failing? And, and so, you know, who would, who, would t- who would be a lawyer? Who would take the bar? Who would go into medical school if you knew you had only a 12% chance of making it? It's, it? it's insane. And so that's probably one of the main things that I'm trying to, tr- you know, trying to change. Just personally, for my own team, I, you know, whatever happens from there, but just raising the standards of the, the service we provide, the amount of work that goes into it, the, the intentionality of what we do, that's what I'm trying to change, the standards um, that we set. What do you think people's expectations are going into it that they you know, drop out so quickly? I think they're expecting, like, is it that instant gratification kind of mindset yeah. of I, I'm going to get into it and next thing you know, I'm going to be on, you know, HGTV and... Right. So because real estate itself is not that complicated. Somebody mm-hmm. wants to buy a home. Somebody wants to sell a home. You just got to get in the middle. Great. But the devil's in the details, right? And it, this is a very emotional business. And there, if you come into it with the, under, with the thinking that like, oh, good, well, I'm going to do the X, Y, and Z, and that's how it's going to work. You're going to fail that that so much of this is empathy and understanding how you can help people like you are a I mean, my major in in, um, college was psychologist, psychology and business. Right. And it's like this really is I got to live my dream of being 
a psychologist without having my own private practice that way, right? right? Like this is what it is, is, is you are helping people through, coaching people through the largest transaction of their life when the emotions are the highest. Plus, it's their personal space, right? Like you are so intimately connected with your clients because you're seeing what they're looking for in a home, what they're buying, what they're selling, what, you know, the family, you know, the kids' names. And that's just the default. That's part of what we do on a daily basis. So I think a lot of the people, and I would, I would probably say a lot of the ones that don't make it early on, that they never really anticipated how much of this was emotional, how emotional this business was. Not just your own emotions, but the people that you are working with. And managing those and managing, emotions and expectations, yes. right? And that's it. And our job, really our job, is to be the calming force in the transaction, right? And if you think, you know, if you're going to let your emotions get out of hand, it, the whole thing's going to go haywire. Absolutely. Now, I guess what advice would you give to people considering real estate? Um, you know, whether it be just to kind of examine that or be truthful about it, right? Like, is it is this the right fit for me? So yeah. that they're not part of that 88%. Right. But rather that part of that 12% that actually makes it. So understanding what is it that's going to make you different? Like why, mm -hmm. what's going to make you part of that 12% that lasts more than 18 months? And so what is it? And, and, and also understanding, have you ever been in a, in a position without a salary that's 100% commission that is, you know, how are you going to handle that, yeah. right? And so... <laughs> So that's, that's the number one thing I would think of is like, okay, wait, what are your income expectations? And there's a lot easier ways to make X amount of dollars. If you want to make $50,000 a year, $75,000 a year, $100,000 a year, there's a lot of things you can do to, to do that, right? The, the real benefit of this is the upside potential that if you really look at where some people are at the top of the game, you know, some of the realtors are making what the average salary of an NBA player is, right? So and, and, and a lot of people never, you know, didn't go to medical school, didn't go to, didn't go to law school. How do you, you know, that, that is really the only option for a lot of people to make that type of income and, and living and make that impact on the world is through real estate. Yeah. But if you, you know, if, 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 if you're happy with you know, certain types of income, there's a lot easier ways to do it absolutely. than real estate, than residential real estate. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things you mentioned was obviously the, the psychology, right? That you got your degree in that. Um, and, and also the way you differentiate yourself. One of the things I was surprised to hear is that there's you know, well over one and a half million realtors yeah. nationwide, but there's only about 100 certified divorce, yeah. you know, and you're one of those. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that and what, the, I guess, the impetus was to, to go that route and, and how that's helped you in your career. So, yeah, so o always constantly working on our skills and upping the game and upping what we bring to the table. So um, got involved in like a certified divorce real estate expert program. There's only 100 of us in the country that, that are this level of certification that really can work with um, divorcing clients, either court-appointed sale or, or court-ordered sale or, or not, just moving in that direction and, and understanding how to work that volatile environment so as to have the best possible transaction for both parties. And that's, that's a skill. I mean, obviously, you can go get certified, right, in those yeah. things. But in those kind of difficult situations, and I'm sure that there are a lot of realtors who are dealing with that who aren't certified, right, yeah. and haven't gone through that, what advice would you give to help ease that situation or to make that, you know, a lot just easier for, for the individuals involved that, yeah. you know, there's so many emotions. From, a, from the realtor, realtor yeah. standpoint? Or from, okay. Yeah, from the realtor standpoint. Or even, you know, I guess any, any, any advice that you would well, give for either the, the buyer-sellers, you know, the involved parties, including uh, the yeah. realtor. First thing is like understanding that that it is a really intense time for everybody. So that a lot of times it's not even about what people say it's about at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. That like 
the reason that one spouse won't agree to this has nothing to do with that thing in particular. It has to do with something that happened 10 years ago or the current issue on the table that is preventing that. And so you got to understand what's really there and that your job is to is to really, again, be the calming force and be the professional so that every, you know, at the end of the day, they're hiring you to sell their home, to make this happen, to, so that each party, each spouse can get on with their life and understanding what that takes. And there's a whole, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. I, you know, I went through 40 hours of training with lawyers, divorce lawyers, and, and, and I've been trained to be uh, an expert witness in court, that wow. type of thing. So, so again, just the amount that, that goes into that. And how do you maintain, I guess, your own sanity through all this? Because, I mean, just even talking to people when it's positive, it, it's, it can be draining, right? Yeah. And I can't imagine that in those tough situations that it's not somehow uh, draining on you and, and that you'd have to find a way to recover. Like, what, what yeah. for you, what what habits, what you know, practices do you employ to, to keep that sanity, but that sure. peace that you have? So I think it goes back to a daily routine and morning routine. And I think there's plenty of things that people can do in life as, a, as, a, as an occupation, that you can just show up, you do the job, and you go home. And real estate is not one of those. Residential real estate is not one of those. You have to work on yourself daily to be able to be present with your client, to bring everything that you have to the table so that you're there for them in a way that, that is positive, right? Because the negativity, there's so much inside a transaction. I mean, so, there's emotions. Let's just say somebody is buying a home and they're selling one, and all of a sudden something falls through, and they might lose the home they want, which also means but they're selling their home already under contract. Their whole life is, in, you know, is up in the air. Right. Anticipating that, understanding that. But again, just want to throw that out there that, that that's why having a morning routine, having a, a daily routine of how you show up, how you get in a good frame of mind is so important. And, I mean, all great advice. What, as far as, like, the, the culture that you've created within your team, tell me about that and just how that works and how you bring all these these elements of, yeah. of who you are in, yeah. into the team, right? Because essentially that's a reflection of leadership, right? Yeah. No, so I, th I think at a very high level that just the success that we've had so far is, is duplicatable. And so that's what we bring to the team is like, here's what we've done to, to sell certain, you know, the number of homes we have to get this type of business. And it works. And there's, there's no question you don't have, like, this works if you do X, Y, and Z. This is, what, this is how you do it. And, and it's proven. And so that's not rocket science, right? So I think that's one thing that we bring to the table for our team is certainty that if you do this, you say this, you make these calls, you, you, talk, you, you talk to people in this manner, you, you know, you're going to have a successful result. And so that's just number one. There is no real real estate um, training out there on a, on a consistent basis that shows you that you have to be, I, I would say you have to be on a team that, that where somebody's going to invest in you like that. And what I'm hearing too is that consistency, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's just showing up and, and actually doing those things. I mean, you can talk about it all day long, but if you're not doing it, yeah. then it's going to show, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the vision like, uh, or what's the vision for you, for you personally, for your team, you know, professionally? What, tell me a little about that. So I, I really feel like there's, when, when somebody f is excited about something, when there's energy that goes in that direction, we want to harness that. So if, if, if our agents or, or people are excited about certain, certain types of prop properties, certain types of prospects, certain types of um, different things, we really want to put people in that spot where they are, they are doing what they are meant to do and inspired about. And we, we have a big enough environment, a big enough platform where we can have people do that, where they just focus on these type of um, prospects, these type of clients, and, and other people focus on different so that, that they're doing exactly what they want. It's awesome. People want to follow, want to you know, find out more about you, your team, connect with you, hire you, you know, 
contract you to be their, yeah, yeah, their realtor, yeah, yeah. how can they do so? So just uh, obviously I'm on all the social media platforms and just uh, Lee Marcus, L-E-I-G-H, not L-E-E. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out there at Google and uh, Instagram and TikTok and you'll find me. It's awesome. Well, you know, Lee, I just, uh, from our conversation so far, I'm, I'm super excited, one, to know you, but also to continue to get to know you yeah. and just see how things evolve for you and your team. So I'm very grateful for you coming in and you know sharing your, your wisdom and your experience with us. Thank you. Thanks, Tony.